Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On this episode, I pull back the curtain on how we can save our youth and our communities simultaneously, and much, much more. Audience, I'm running solo today. Jules is dealing with some things in his personal life with a friend of his that recently passed away. And uh, for a moment there, I thought, you know what? Maybe we'll push the episode back. But we went two whole months without giving you guys content. And I got a lot of my heart that I want to let out today. So I just said, you know what, Jules? I'm going to go ahead and rock this episode here, man. And you ready to come back? We'll rock it out. But I don't want to leave the audience hanging for another couple months because I know it's very easy when you fall out of habits, right? We all, we all know it takes 21 days to create a habit. And I'm one of those type of people that I believe that. And I feel like when you start taking days off, one day begets another day, right? And then you just fall off. And I don't want that. I believe in consistency. So here we are. But the tone of today's episode is really serious for me. Now, any of the people that listen to this show that live in the city of Chicago, you guys know what took place last Saturday in our city. It was embarrassing. It was an eyesore. It was just tough to watch. But what was even tougher was listening to adults, people that have raised children, some of which may be educators. But listening to them demonize kids. Now, if you guys heard from the outset, what happened was unacceptable. It should not happen. We don't condone that type of behavior. However, anybody that's listened to this show from the get-go, you guys already know how I get down. I'm out here in the streets working with these kids. There have been so many kids I have tried to leave better than I found. And you know why I do this? It's because I truly believe that there's good. Each and every person is out here. I remember when I was younger. Growing up in a single mom household, no father influence within my family, no father in the house. I had a lot of I had a lot of times where I had anger about not having a father in the household. See, people don't realize when they're dealing with kids the type of shit that they're carrying around. I dealt with that for years until I went to therapy and I got with people that helped me work that anger out of my heart. But as a teen, I was rebellious as they come. You couldn't tell me shit as a teenager. At school, I acted up. Now, I had good grades. But however, the discipline for me was an issue. It was an area that I could have been better. What I will say is, it would have been easy for people around me to say, 
oh man, that press, he he's he's bad news. He's a bad kid. Stay away from him. He's a lost cause. He's a bad apple. All the fucking words that people use to demonize. But no, people didn't do that. My mother, my grandmother, the people in my family, they realize it takes a village. And sometimes it takes a kid a little bit longer to figure shit out. That was me. And so when I looked at what took place in our city last weekend, I saw a lot of kids that are misguided. A lot of kids that have no direction. A lot of kids that are, to me, plain just don't get it. Now, everybody's looking to point fingers. Everybody wants to blame this person and blame that person. But when I saw what I saw, I just got sad. I was sad that for our city, that this is the reputation that we have to have, that for our city, we have allowed people to politicize the things that go on in this city. And lastly, I'm just sad that the neighborhoods that I, the neighborhoods that Jules and I grew up in, and we come from, we still have family that live in these neighborhoods, that the kids that come from these neighborhoods are doing these type of things. Now, people will say to me, well, prayers, man, you know, these parents, you know, they got to do this and they got to do that. Yeah, it does start in the home. But a lot of people don't want to get to the root issue with a lot of these situations that go on. Unfortunately, in the black community, before I even get into areas that I think could help these kids, I'm going to talk about at home what's, what's lacking right now. We don't have a lot of two-parent households within our communities. And even if you do have a two-parent household, that doesn't guarantee that you're not going to be a shithead. Because when I was growing up, there was a kid, Carl. I'll just call his name out. And I still talk to Carl to this day. He's currently incarcerated. I write him periodically. But Carl, mom and dad both grew up in the, in the neighborhood. Carl's, da Carl's dad was a dentist. Mom was a teacher. I mean, that was as about a Huxtable as you don't get in my neighborhood growing up. But did that keep Carl from not succumbing to the dangers of the streets, from Carl to be able to pull into the allure of the fast money and, and this and that? No, it didn't stop it. And nobody could tell me anything about his parents and say that they were bad parents because they weren't. They were present. They did all the things that you would want your parents to do to have an impact on the kid's life. In this situation, Carl got in with a group of kids and he made a mistake and that mistake cost him his freedom. And that is the type of stuff that I try to make sure that on this show that I talk about. There's no one on this earth that's perfect. There's people that make mistakes. There's people that do dumb shit. I've done plenty of dumb shit. What I get do with this podcast, maybe later I might do something stupid. Don't make me a bad person. Just means that I need to <laughs> be better at times. Same thing with these kids. Now. I was talking about the, the, the father in the household. Now, for me personally, that was an area where I could have probably used a little more guidance. But you know what helped me get out of a lot of my behavior issues? Was sports. Being a part of community-based organizations. Having mentors. Because I'll tell you one thing. When you're around someone that looks like you and they're successful and it's a man, in my case, that should help me. And that's no knock against the women in my family that have been super successful, that raised me and my brother and, and all the rest of us that came after me. They should be applauded. However, 
In my particular situation, I was one of those type of guys or one of those type of kids that gravitated towards the adult influence. It was helpful for me. By playing sports, football, track, baseball. These are things that help me channel a lot of my anger issues, a lot of my frustration, a lot of my unresolved trauma from childhood. See, when Jules and I have these various topics on this show, these are buzzwords for us. We have talked to you guys for the last two years about the issues that plague the inner city. No one wants to listen. Because when I hear all this fake outrage about, oh my gosh, Chicago's so dangerous, and Chicago's this and that, go to any major city and tell me that there's no crime. Please find a major city in this country that has zero crime, you report back to me. Because you won't. This Chicago narrative got politicized by Donald Trump. And all that was from Donald Trump was because he was pissed off that Mayor Lightfoot called him out. Because he is an immoral man. And because he can't be accountable for what he didn't do for this country during COVID, he needed to have something to distract people from. What he didn't do. And guess what? The sheep out here in the world, they fucking licked that shit up and they went and ran towards it. See, that's the problem. You don't have enough people in this world that are free thinkers that can't think for themselves. Because if you could think for yourself, you have enough common sense to try to figure out, wait a minute. So if I live in this city, and yeah, crime happens and things happen in this city, but also New York has issues. California has issues. Dallas, Texas has issues. There's issues all over this fucking country. Last time I checked, there's mass shootings that are happening at a rapid level across the country. This same crowd that wants to sit here and talk shit about Chicago are the first ones to tell you, oh, I don't want you taking my guns from me. Oh, they didn't want to talk about the, their freedom to carry, the, the, the right to bear arms, the Second Amendment. So when it, it pertains to you, you don't keep that same energy. But then when it comes to some black kids or an area that's predominantly black, you got your, you can't stop talking about how bad these kids are. You can't stop talking about how bad this area is. But as I always say on this show, you got to keep that same energy because that's what I'm going to do. And anybody that knows me in my personal life, there's been some people lately that have had some conversation with me that I'm sure after that conversation with me, they didn't feel too good about themselves because I'm not going to sit here and let people paint a broad brush in any sort of facet of life. I'm not going to sit up here and let people that I know did stupid shit as you go sit up here and act like they never made mistakes. Now, yeah, maybe you didn't go tear up in, in a downtown area, which, again, for the record, that shit was unacceptable, should not happen. Just clearly, there was a breakdown at multiple levels. From my mindset, as adults that have learned and have gone through the ropes of, of growing up and maturing in this world, we got to be the leaders in our communities. Yes, it starts in a household, but it takes a fucking village. If it hadn't been for that village mindset, I probably wouldn't be here on this show right now. See, that's the thing. I'm passionate about this because I know that there's been so many people that have been responsible for me being successful in this world. I didn't do this on my own. 
There had to be people out here that cared. At times, there was people that cared more about my success than I cared about my success. But see, people aren't going to sit here and have that conversation because they don't know. Because unfortunately, half the people that's out here running their mouths about these kids don't give a shit about these kids. They're not out here picking up a hand. They're not out here trying to figure out how they can make an impact. No, they're just judging and condemning. They're not doing a goddamn thing. They're hypocrites. And I'm not for that because I will challenge anybody that's listening to me right now on this show. If you care so much about what happened last Saturday, email this fucking show if you want to fucking step up and help these kids. If you care so much about this city of Chicago and what's going on, then step up. Our email better fucking blow up because I've heard so many of you people out here complaining about shit. Because I can tell you what I've been doing. It's very easy to point fingers. It should be just as easy to lend a fucking hand. Now, we know that Chicago is a tale of two cities. Jules and I have talked about this. We talked about redlining. And the way that this city has become one of the most segregated cities in all of the United States of America. That didn't just happen recently. Chicago's always been that way. When the way the grid was set up, when they wanted black people to live in certain neighborhoods, right? There were the undesirable neighborhoods. Those are the only areas that they wanted us to go. Those are the areas that they steered us to. Those are the areas that didn't have resources. Those are the areas that didn't have funding. I go on and on and on and on. That was the plight for us. So there's people out here that can't seem to understand, why are these kids so angry? Why are these kids this way? Why are these kids that way? They're angry because they don't have shit. When I was growing up, I didn't play fucking Little League football. We didn't have those programs. And you're not going to sit here and tell me that my mother and my, and my grandmother didn't work their asses off to make sure that we had what we had. But you know what? They didn't have the type of extra money to take us to the suburbs and put us in a football camp, to put us in a football league. So those are things that we didn't do. What this comes out to is that there's people that have and there's people that don't have. And sometimes, well, I'm not going to say sometimes, the city of Chicago forgets about certain communities. And I wonder what community that is that they fucking forget about. Now, all you people are sitting here talking about Brandon Johnson, Brandon Johnson. Brandon Johnson hasn't even been sworn into office yet. Shut the fuck up with that. Lori Lightfoot, Rahm Emanuel, Richard Daly. Talk to me about these people before you want to sit here and talk about somebody that just got sworn in. He's inheriting these problems. These things have been happening in this city of Chicago for a very long time. We talk about resources, and when I say resources, a lack of resources. Education. Education is so elitist in the city of Chicago. If your parents don't have money, then your kid has to test to get into a school that's going to give them a good curriculum. If not, then you're going to end up in a CPS school, and you're going to be at the mercy of hoping to find a teacher that actually gives a fuck about you, that actually gives a damn about teaching you. But then, okay, yeah, then also at the same same token, you're going to have students in that class that don't give a shit. So now the teacher has to try to teach over kids that are disruptive in class, but that's the same shit that happened when we were in school. It definitely happened when I was in school. I was one of those kids. But the point of me saying these things to you is education. A big part of a child's development is having that fresh, that head start. A big part of a child's development is having that head start. Quality education. 
that should be a, a thing for all and not just some. Now, I was fortunate enough in my life to have attended private school my entire school career. Not a lot of kids where I came up had that ability. Not a lot of kids where I came up had that privilege. And when I say privilege, I am privileged in the fact that I was able to do those things. And it probably saved me. And see, that's the thing. We want to see here, we want to demonize. And I know when Brandon Johnson made those comments and everybody wanted to start clutching their pearls about what he was saying, I understood 100% what he was saying. He called out the bad behavior because it's awful. What we saw was awful. It was embarrassing. It broke my heart because I know that there's goodness in our communities. And what we exhibited and, and, what, and what those kids demonstrated in that moment was not the greatness that I see in our communities. That wasn't greatness. It really was sickening to see that. For any of our young listeners of this show, I want you to hear me and I want you to hear me clearly. We got to stop giving people ammunition to use against us. There's a lot of people in this world that they're betting against you. They want to see you fail. They want to be able to tell you, aha, I told you so. Let's stop giving them that type of ammunition. Because the more we act this way, the more you're gonna you're gonna the more you're gonna have these people sitting here saying they're animals, they don't know how to behave, they don't deserve anything. I touched on education, lack of resources. But we also got to get to the point of recreation. Now, when I was growing up, our Chicago Park District with my neighborhood, we didn't have a lot of the programs that I've seen kids have these day, this day and age. I feel like having those activities, giving kids an outlet, and these are things that you can get kids involved at young. When you get to them when they're young, they're not going to be some 15, 16, 17-year-old kid that's out here that's pretty much giving up on life. And they're like, fuck it. I'm not going to be shit anyway, so I don't give a fuck. And see, that's what people don't realize. The work that I'm doing in mentoring, a lot of these kids, when they come to you, they, they, they are coming to you at their hardened, worst version of themselves. And you have to break them down and you have to really get to, you have to chip away at all these layers and layers and layers of them just being withdrawn and not want anyone arms lift around them. You got to cut away at all that layers. You got to cut away at the layers of trauma. Just the layers of feeling like nobody gives a fuck about them. See, I've been there, so I can speak to that. And so when I think about, like I said earlier, the, just the park districts, how there's a big disparity in how the park districts are in the city of Chicago versus how some of these suburban park districts operate. They have everything and anything. And I'm sure that the taxpayers in those suburban areas, hey, they want that stuff because their taxes, there. they pay a lot of money in taxes. So yes, I get it. However, the city of Chicago, there's taxpayers in this city that deserve to have that type of stuff for their kids as well. And it shouldn't just be based on the type of neighborhood that you live in. Those are the things that we see. I have a message for the parents because I don't want to let you guys off the hook either. Now, I know I said earlier that, hey, I had a kid that I grew up with named Carl who lived in a two-parent household. He still ran foul of law. But I don't want to let the parents off the hook because I still do think that parents we have a huge responsibility out here. 
And what that responsibility means to me is ensuring that this next generation is set up for success. I don't feel like that this next generation is being totally set up for success. And it's a couple of reasons. Social media, I think, is going to be the demise of this entire country. It's going to be the demise of this world. The reason why I say that is because there's so much negativity on social media. And I know I, I'm guilty of it myself. I'll get on there and I'll giggle and laugh at something that's pretty toxic at times. And that's an area that I have to be better at. But I'm not a 16-year-old kid. So you have these kids that are out here. They're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. They're on all these different things. But none of that shit is positive. None of that shit is helping them get to the next level in their lives. You couple that in with rap music. Yeah, I know I'm going to say that about the music. Because to me, we ain't talking about public enemy. We're not talking about Tupac rap music. We're talking about rap music today that is glorifying violence. And I know people will sit here and they'll try to call me out and say, well, Tupac, he glorified violence. Yeah, but Tupac also had a, he had a message in his earlier music. And the rap music for when I grew up was all about partying and hanging out and having fun. Now this rap music now about popping pills, shooting up at, at your ops. It just, it's dangerous shit that's being put in these kids' heads that they think that this shit is cool. They think that that shit's fun. They do things for clout because you have people in the world right now that are doing shit on social media for clout. That is why I want to say to the parents, monitor what the hell your kids are doing on social media. You should know what they're doing. You should actually have access to their account so you can see what the fuck is going on. Because that event from last weekend should not have happened because they pretty much advertised or, or recruited people to come out on social media. So parents, if you aren't following your kids on social media, you should be because you should see what they're posting, what their stories are. My second message, Chicago Police Department, where were y'all at? You don't have people that monitor social media? After what happened on 31st Street at the beach, the very next day, Millennium Park is taken over? That should not happen. It's inexcusable. People were looking for help from the Chicago PD when that whole situation kicked off. They said cops were there. Nobody was intervening. Nobody was doing anything. They were outnumbered. How were they so unprepared? Because I can tell you, the town that I live in, they learned from the mistakes from Chicago PD. And you know what they did? They had somebody that was monitoring social media. And what they found out was they were planning a second meetup this very weekend. They were, they were able to get ahead of it, putting out notices, letting the citizens know, hey, be careful, be vigilant. I was in the area last weekend, downtown Chicago. I was covering a Chicago fire game last weekend when all that bullshit was going on. I had no idea what was going on. I just knew traffic was fucked. There's no reason why people should not have been alerted that, hey, there's this large team presence that's coming to this area. Be on the lookout. Stay out of the area if, if you don't have to be in the area. Right? You got people that's down here that have no clue that this shit's going on, and they are basically targets of nonsense. But I hope this weekend that Chicago PD gets it together. I hope that they have a plan. Now, I heard that they're going to be putting up fencing, and I know that the, there's going to be a curfew that Mayor Lifefoot put in place. There's going to be colder weather this weekend. So hopefully that combination of things will, will kind of get things a little quiet down a little bit. But you're not going to have every weekend where the weather's going to be in the 50s. 
and we're going to start to get warm weather again. So that's where the solutions have to come. That's why we need to work together. And we cannot just sit here and, and have a blind eye to what's going on in our households. You know your kids. But I think it's, 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 you're responsible for making sure that the best version of your child is what the people deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. For our government, we got to stop forgetting about certain communities. The city of Chicago is not about the north side. The city of Chicago is not just about downtown Chicago. The south side isn't just Hyde Park. We have to commit to every single community in this city. So many people in leadership have sat here and have forgotten about this community, forgotten about this community, forgotten about this community, but they now want to be appalled and shocked that stupid shit's coming out of that community. It wasn't a problem when the crime was contained to just those neighborhoods. But now that this shit is coming to other people's doorsteps, now they, they oh shit, this is a problem. Oh man, this is a problem. No, it's been a problem. Jules and I talked about on this show, Cabrita Green, the area where people have million dollar condos in River North used to be one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. That was in 1991. So for these people that have this revisionist history to want to sit here and talk about Chicago's getting so bad, Chicago's been fucked up. Where you been? See, that's people speaking from a point of fucking privilege, but it's also people speaking from a point of ignorance because they don't know no better. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about because they let somebody put a battery pack up their ass and they start spewing political talk points instead of having a mind of their own and knowing what the fuck they're talking about. So what changed in Cabrita Green? I want somebody to answer that for me. Cabrita Green, there were shootouts over there on a daily basis. Now, million-dollar condos. Some of the best restaurants in the world over there. What changed? I'll wait. I want somebody to write in. What changed in that community? What caused that to turn around so quickly? My next question. Why can't we do that to other communities, but keep the people in those communities there? Why can't we only turn communities around and give a community resources when we push out the people that lived in that community their whole lives? But see, we don't understand why things are the way that they are. It's unfortunate. And it's sad. Jules and I, we come from families that didn't have much, right? We didn't, we didn't have many means. Jules and his family lived in Inglewood. I lived in Chatham. There was no difference between the areas that we grew up in. But you know what was a common thing? Is that we were surrounded by a village mentality. Not just within our family, but our communities. I talk about all the time how the fact that when I was growing up, the neighborhoods, the neighbors, they knew who my brother was. They knew who I was. They knew what time we were supposed to get home from school. And if we was doing some dumb shit, you don't think that they was going to tell my grandmother or my mother. But that's when you had a community of people that watched out after the kids. You didn't have people to sit up here talking about, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Because that's the attitude that I see out here from a lot of our adults. They're just like, they want to just point the finger, these kids are fucked up. But then they're like, all right, let me go back over to my house and worry about what I got to do over here. But see, it wasn't like that back in the day. Now, I recently shared a story about how one of our neighbors, when we were growing up, my house burned down when I was a kid. I was in the first grade. Tough times, sad, you know, all that stuff. Because you lose everything as a kid. It's scary. You're just like, you don't know what the fuck. That, that sense of security is gone. Our across-the-street neighbor, Miss Johnny, that's what we used to call her. Because when we grew up, Every adult was Mr. or Mrs. You never called an adult by their first name. There was no man, no, no my guy. He was Mr. or Mrs. 
That's another thing. That respect was instilled in us. No matter how much of a shithead I was, when I came across an adult, I treated them as such. Miss Johnny allowed our entire family to live in her house while we got our house rebuilt. Now, you're talking about someone that had a three-bedroom house, allowing four people to move into her three-bedroom house. But she did that out of love. If not for that, who knows? We probably had to live in some hotel or whatever. But I do remember nobody in my family opened their home up to us. It was one of our neighbors. And I guarantee you that I will probably never in my life be greeted with such generosity ever again by a human person in this world. Because in today's world, no one cares. All people care about is themselves and what they have to go through. They don't care about what somebody else's plight is. We've got away from being kind to one another. And these kids that we see out here doing destructive shit, they're doing what they know. Because to them, that's the world. They think this shit's cool. They think it's funny. Let me tear up some shit and let me put this shit on the internet and uh, yeah, we, 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 we turn it up. You ain't turning up. No, you're not. You're, you're being destructive and you're playing into the hands of people that saying you're nothing, that saying you're beneath them and saying that you don't deserve opportunities. We got to stop giving people fuel for their racist bullshit. Last message to these teens and any team that listens to this show. You're not forgotten. There's plenty of us that believe in you, that care about you, that want you to be successful, that know you can be successful. But you got to want it too. You got to meet us all halfway. There's tons of organizations out here. After School Matters. Respect the work that they're doing. I'm actually going to be participating in the sneaker ball that they're hosting where all the proceeds from this sneaker ball is going to go to a fund that they're going to be using to help kids fund internships and summer programs. Brandon Johnson, the one that everybody's over here talking about, oh, talk to Brandon Johnson, talk to Brandon Johnson. Well, guess what? Brandon Johnson already talked about he wants to have summer programs where he can give these kids opportunity. What people don't realize in this day and age is that opportunity is not the same for everyone. The, plevel, the, 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 the uh, playing field is not level. And I've been absolutely appalled. And some of the people out here that was born on second and third base out here condemning kids that never even fucking had a chance to get into the game. How dare you speak from a place of privilege when you've been given handouts and inheritances and given jobs and, and all kind of shit before you was even, you knew what to even do with all that shit. How dare you? Because those are the loudest people. It's the entitled. Because the people that have to work for theirs and the people that have to grind for theirs, they get it. They understand what's going on. They don't condone it because I don't condone it. After that incident happened, I had a Zoom call with the kids in my program. And I just said to them, I said, this is the thing that I've been talking to you guys about for the last six months. Clout. Is it going to be the fucking way? See, you've had a couple of examples out here in this world where people have used clout to get paid. But that shit's got a shelf life. Don't you want to be taken seriously in this world? Who wants to be considered a clown? Who wants to be considered someone that should be taken seriously? But my most important message to them is, each and every one of you is valued. Each and every one of you has a part to play in the success of this city and this world. But you have to see that opportunity. You have to go out there and want that opportunity. No one's going to give you shit. You got to go out there and fucking earn it. 
in my life, every opportunity that I've had, I went out there and took that shit because that's what you're supposed to do. If you want something bad enough, you go do it. When I was at grammar school, there was four people at my grammar school that got full scholarships to go to private school. One of my best friends, Jamar, got to go to a boarding school in Massachusetts. The rest was history for him. He's been very successful in his life. But guess what? No one gave him that shit. He went out there. He did what he had to do. He handled his business. And he's killing it. He's thriving. But is he a selfish type of person that he's only worried about himself? No. He, he could very well easily be that way, but he's not. Within his company and his job, he's out here helping kids get into a space that primarily, there's not a lot of kids of color. He's helping to solve a problem. We need more people like that that have access to step up and do. But see, the problem is that the people that have the access, sometimes we forget where we came from, but we think that we're better than the people from these communities, and we're not. We got to step up. Everybody, parents, the community, our leadership, the kids. We got to step up. I don't ever want to see some shit like that in this city again. That was unacceptable. It was embarrassing. And I probably lost some friends over that because I was not happy with some of the people's responses to that situation. But I'm not going to apologize for not giving up on children. I will not because someone, and I will not apologize for not giving up on children because someone believed in me. And if that belief didn't happen to me, who knows where the fuck I'll be today. There were people that said, we are not going to let you give up on yourself. And I'm telling any kid that's listening to this show, even if you took part in that nonsense and that negativity, prayers and jewels will not give up on you. We are here. Our email address is pullingbackthecurtainpodcast at gmail.com. If you guys want leads on a job opportunity, if you guys want leads on an internship, you message us. With your qualifications, what type of opportunities you're trying to get into, I will do my damnedest to try to connect you with people within my network that might be able to help you. If any of you want a, a potential career in sports journalism, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. There are opportunities. There's people that want to work with you. There's a lot of us out here that we hurt for you all, too, because we know that you're hurting. But you can't do what you guys did last Saturday. That is unacceptable. That is not what we need to be doing out here in these streets. It was unacceptable and it hurt. It hurt to see that. It hurt to see my people behaving that way. We got to do better. But it takes a village, as I said earlier. We all have to do our part. Not one of us is better than anybody out here in this world. We got to do better. And I hope that with the new bear, I hope with the new bear coming in here, that he can have a better relationship with the community. I hope that he can have a better relationship with law enforcement because we need all people involved to do their jobs more effectively. Because right now, all we've seen is no one doing their jobs and a failing system. We got to do better. We should not hear from anybody in law enforcement, oh, because you voted for Brandon Johnson, this is what's going to happen. That's unacceptable. You got a fucking job to do. Do your goddamn job. I don't care who the mayor is. This city deserves better. This city needs better. And I hope that this city gets better. This curtain call goes out to Reese. 
Reese is uh, one of the teens that I work with in our youth outreach program services. And the reason why I wanted to highlight Reese, obviously there's a lot of kids that are near and dear to me that we work with. However, Reese is a success story that I just thought that I would share with the audience today. Now, when Reese came to our program at 15, he was starting to get addicted to opioids and, and drinking alcohol exhibited defiant behavior with his mom, teachers, and even with the law. Reese's father had been recently incarcerated. On top of that, his oldest brother had been murdered in 2017. So this kid was dealing with some of the most burdensome trauma of any kid that I've come across in this program. So obviously, moody, withdrawn at the time, violent tendencies, you name it. Well, guess what? You fast forward two years later, this kid has finished up an internship with Enterprise Rental Car. He's going to be entering their management program upon graduating from high school. These are the type of stories that I like to highlight. Because as you guys heard on this episode, it's easy for us to demonize. It's easy for us to judge and condemn. But you never know someone's plight, someone's situation, the things they've gone through. And what you see in a person at face value may not be even what they're about. Now, this kid reads, the, you, you could have judged the book by its cover, right? And, and said, oh, this kid's bad news. This kid's done. This kid, he's, he's too far gone. Because that's what happens. A lot of these kids, people write them off. They kind of discard them. They throw them away. We can't do that. The people out here that are listening to this episode, I hope that what you heard was someone that's not making excuses, but someone is saying, if you see something out here, lend a hand, right? It's so easy to see here and say, oh, this person, this kid, he's, he's a lost cause or she's a lost cause. But you know what should be easier? For you to step up and want to be some change in your community. It takes a village. Jules and I say it all the time. But I wanted to just make sure that I gave this curtain call to Reese because this kid is someone that I'm super proud of. He and I have had a number of tough conversations. And I'm also, you know, using his nickname because I also don't want to blow up his spot, you know, because, you know, he wants to remain private and, and things of that nature. But this kid has such a good heart. He's gone through things at a young age that people shouldn't have to go through in their entire life. But it's so easy for people to sit here and see a kid acting up or acting out, or being defiant, and just automatically just say, this kid's bad news. Well, you know what? Sometimes us adults, we need to be that example for these kids. We need to be better. Because as I said earlier in this show, I also was one of those kids that had defiant behavior, acted out. Didn't make me a bad kid. I was just a shithead at a point in life. But what happens is that you need someone that's going to be there and let you know, hey, I'm here with you, and I'm not going to let you go down this path. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We appreciate your continued support of this platform. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening.